GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, it's hard to believe, but Canadian Western Agribition kicks off in Regina on Monday. That's not too far off. And officials there are hoping for over 100,000 people to attend. We'll speak with the president of the Canadian Western Agribition, Kim Hextall. We'll also talk to one of the people that's in charge of the livestock and rodeo, Shauna Fuchs, and one of the actual exhibitors, that's Chelsea Norheim with Norheim Ranching. So plenty coming up today from Agribition. As well, the Prairie Oat Growers Association 25th Annual Conference will be held in Saskatoon next week. We'll hear from Chris Rundle from the Foam Lake area, who is the Vice President of POGA and Chair of Sask Oats. So all of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX and Agriculture. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio is looking to buy your canola. Call them today at 306-272-6284. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your REMAX Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. Canadian Western Agribition kicks off in Regina next week, with officials hoping for over 100,000 people to attend the week-long show. President Kim Hextall of Grenfell says preparations are already underway in Regina for the annual livestock and trade show. Well, I was in, in Regina a couple of days ago and had a look around the grounds and the changeover from the Grey Cup party to the barns and show arena is uh, progressing really quickly. By Monday afternoon, there was already uh, stalls and bedding in uh, part of the International Business Centre and they were busy setting up the show arena. So uh, the staff is really working hard. Cattle started to arrive yesterday, but the earliest cattle, so those were, of course, coming from out of province. And there'll certainly be a lot more activity this weekend uh, with people moving in, setting up trade show booths, uh, moving in livestock, and uh, getting ready for Monday morning. She says they've had a lot of entries this year. Entries look excellent. Our barns will be full. Uh, Monday, we're going to have uh, Monday, Tuesday, will be bison will be there. So that's the time to get down to Agribition if you're looking to uh, see some bison. Uh, we have free uh, admission on Monday. So uh, it won't cost you to get in the gate and uh, come in and have a look around. We're going to be burning the brand at 10 Monday morning, which is our kickoff. And then we move into a free pancake breakfast following that. And the alpacas show on Monday. The youth team grooming starts on Texas Longhorns are showing. As for the entry numbers... Excellent. We'll have about 1,500 cattle that are haltered. There'll be another couple hundred commercial cattle coming in middle of the week. And that'll be uh, open and bred heifers. There are 27 yards pens in the commercial barn, where, which we call the stock exchange. And those will all have cattle in them as well. well numbers look good. Hextall says they have a big trade show this year. We have pretty much filled up our space. It, we're back to uh, larger numbers than we had seen last year. And we're kind of back to where our numbers were pre-pandemic, which is uh, really nice to see. It, people are excited to be coming to town. She expects to see more foreign visitors this year. Well, we've got a lot of people coming. We have a couple of different programs and how people are registered. And so as far as our international guests, we've got people coming from 
Australia, Bangladesh, Brazil, France, Germany, Mexico, a large delegation coming from Mongolia, Peru, Portugal, Singapore, South Africa, the UK. So there are uh, lots of people are looking to uh, come and see what's happening at Agribition. Trust our Canadian agriculture. Hextall tells us why people from Mongolia attend Agribition. Well, we've obviously got something here that's interesting them because they're sending a large delegation. I think they've got about 30 or 40 people coming, but they're, they're interested not in just livestock, but in uh, equipment as well. We're on the leading edge in Canada, and it's uh, nice to be able to showcase this in Regina, Saskatchewan. As for cattle prices this fall... Well, I think prices have been good. Of course, people often look to the uh, commercial sale of the bred heifers to kind of see where the price is going to sit for bred heifers, and that's something uh, producers will often buy in the fall. If they're looking for a herd expansion and want to bring in some new genetics, the sale prices, sales have been strong, and we're hoping that carries through at our show as well. Hextall is hoping for some great attendance numbers next week. Well, I'd sure like to see us get back to 120,000 visitors, and I think our weather's not going to be too bad by the forecast, and people will be happy to, to come out and see people and mingle and meet friends old and new. She adds they will have some involvement with grains this year as well. Well, we have a grain expo, and it runs on Tuesday and Wednesday. There are about 400 people registered to attend that, and this is rather exciting because it's the 10th anniversary for the grain expo. Canadian Western Agribition opens Monday and wraps up Saturday, December 3rd. It's time now for the Beef and Forage Report, and that's a presentation of Lane Realty. When it's time to sell the farm, call Lane Realty, your trusted and experienced farmland real estate company. To include your property for showings, call 620-7260 or visit lanerealty.com. Beef and Forage Report. Ontario's government is considering new legislation to more clearly spell out who can provide what kinds of animal care in the province's veterinary sector. The Provincial Ag Ministry has launched a round of public consultations on the Veterinarians Act, which governs licensing of veterinarians and accreditation of veterinary facilities in Ontario. The Ag Ministry says it's looking for specific feedback on how they can better define animal care activities provided by veterinary professionals. That means more clearly laying out the scope of practice for veterinary medicine, such as the procedures, services and processes a licensed veterinarian or other veterinary professional, a veterinary technician for example, is permitted to perform. Updates to the legislation would also clarify specific care activities such as massage therapy or rehabilitation that can be provided to animals by people other than vets and vet techs. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94 Ag Review. Commercial poultry farmers in British Columbia's Fraser Valley have come out the worst so far this month in Canada's year-long fight with highly pathogenic avian influenza. Since Wednesday last week, that region alone has seen outbreaks on 13 commercial poultry farms, nine at Abbotsford, three at Chilliwack, and one in the District of Kent. 
That's out of a total of 25 outbreaks so far this month across Canada, out of which 19 were on commercial farms. Five of the B.C. poultry outbreaks were confirmed by the Canadian Food Inspection Agency yesterday alone. B.C.'s Ag Ministry reiterated that the risk of avian flu to commercial poultry farms, as well as small backyard or non-commercial domesticated flocks, increases each spring and fall as waterfowl and other birds migrate to and through the province. Among the changes, Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, or AAFC, made in its November Supply and Demand report, the most notable were among the dry peas. The revisions that stood out the most were 2022-23 dry pea exports being cut by 200,000 metric tons at 2.5 million, while domestic usage was bumped up 50,000 metric tons at 751,000. That saw AAFC raise the carryover for dry peas by 50,000 metric tons at 751,000. The department kept this year's production at 3.59 million metric tons. Markets Farm Pro Analyst Mike Jubinville viewed the changes as a reflection of what's happening in China as repeated outbreaks of COVID-19 in various parts of the country continue to stymie its demand. Jubinville projected Canada to export 1.5 million tons of dry peas to China, with 500,000 tons heading to the U.S. and the balance among its other customers. And that's the AgriView portion of our program. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's cloudy and minus 2 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at 1 o'clock. Close to 2,000 head of livestock will be on display next week in Regina during Canadian Western Agribition. Livestock and rodeo manager Shauna Fuchs says some livestock have already arrived at Agribition. Pretty darn excited. Um, as we all know, we had a big gray top party on on the weekend. And as of this morning when I walked down, the ITC is almost ready to receive cattle. So our crews are working hard around the clock and doing a great job. Yes, we did receive some cattle from BC yesterday. They arrived in the afternoon and we should have some from Ontario arriving today. So the show is it started in the livestock world. She says there's some big events happening in the Brand Centre next week. In the Brand Centre, we have quite a lineup of different events. The tour team is on Monday. That's 12 teams that go around courses on everyday ranching-type chores. And Tuesday is our horse foals, a very popular event. Tuesday night, we have a free, it's an open cattle dog competition. And that's where the stock dogs actually work cattle instead of sheep. And that will be Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. Wednesday and Thursday, we have a joke in the office that those are the dog days. Wednesday, we have cattle dogs, and it's a futurity, so it's the younger dogs that are working cattle. And Thursday is our stock dog competition, and that's working sheep. So that runs all day Thursday. Friday is our uh, second year for our ranch rodeo. It's, the hype of it is, is very, very strong. We have a full flood of teams, slate of teams. So that is on Friday. Saturday is the Mounted Shooters are back on Saturday. Fuchs says the Beef Supreme Challenge has the best of the males and females in all of the purebred beef classes. 
and I don't exactly have those stats in front of me, but it looks like we have 11 or 12 shows represented, and they're champions or they're supreme, they're grand champions or they're supreme champions for those summer shows qualify to come and compete against our exhibition grand champions, bulls and females. So on Saturday night at probably about six o'clock, you'll see bulls and females in the arena, upwards of a hundred head right in the arena at one time. And she's happy that this year's agribition will be free of any type of health restrictions. I think people are just ready to come and do business and see everybody again. And yes, we're looking forward to it. Foots also provides some details on this year's rodeo. A rodeo again. We've got we've got a strong lineup. It's uh, Maple Leaf Finals, so we have ten contestants in eight different events competing and it's the same contestants every night and they'll wrap up with the championship on Saturday night. Just a couple of highlights. When we have theme nights each night for our openings. Wednesday night is our indigenous night. So you'll see some indigenous dancers and singers, etc. The Thursday night is our we pay tribute to our first responders. So we have tickets have been given out to some of our first responders in the province. Friday night is energy night where we celebrate our energy sector and Ritchie Brothers take the lead in that one. And Saturday night we're, is a celebration of our champions. So champions will be crowned on Saturday. Shauna Fuchs is the Livestock and Rodeo Manager at Canadian Western Agribition. The week-long show opens Monday in Regina. Although the lower river levels of the Mississippi River are perhaps better documented as affecting the movement of product into and through the United States, Canada's St. Lawrence River is also experiencing its shortcomings. The St. Lawrence River route, with ports on both the U.S. and Canadian sides, moves a lot of agricultural products, about 40% of the seaway's trade. However, the water levels of the St. Lawrence River and Seaway have gone down recently, with forecasting suggesting it will decline further. The low water levels are being blamed on a lower than usual rate of precipitation along the river system, a lower than average water level in Lake Ontario, and a higher outflow of water at the Moses Saunders Power Dam on the St. Lawrence River. Because of the lower water levels along the river, cargo ships are reducing the amount of load they can carry to remain higher and more buoyant along it to prevent the ships from ripping out their keel. The Great Lakes Yield Enhancement Network winner for the 2022 wheat competition topped 162 bushels per acre and achieved 87.97% of potential yield potential. Coordinated by the Grain Farmers of Ontario, Michigan State University, Michigan Wheat Program, the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs and the University of Guelph, the Great Lakes Yield Enhancement Network project helps farmers learn from each other about new ways to improve winter wheat yields. Participants from this year's project will have the opportunity to network and discuss with their peers the practices that have worked on their farms at the wrap-up meetings in January. The winner of the Great Lakes Yield Enhancement Network competition for the highest percentage yield was Jeffrey Crone from Elkton, Michigan, with the potential yield at 87.97%. And the winner of the highest yield competition was Jeffrey Crone from Elkton, Michigan, with 165.92 bushels per acre. It's time now for the livestock market conditions, and that's a presentation of the Yorkton Crossing Retirement Community. 
livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for December are trading at 153.72 this hour. That's down 7. February live cattle trading at 155.82, down 60. January feeder cattle trading at 179.47, down 220. March feeder cattle trading at 182.65, down 192. December lean hogs trading at 83.97, down 27. February lean hogs trading at 88.72, down 135. And that's the livestock market conditions. Well, as you heard, the Canadian Western Agribition in Regina starts on Monday. The cleanup from Sunday's Grey Cup is winding down, and the move-in will begin very soon for companies involved in the Agribition trade show. Chelsea Norheim is with Norheim Ranching, which has locations at Saskatoon, Lloydminster, and Moose Jaw. Well, it's quite a process for a company like ours, mostly because we've got so much large equipment that we bring down to Agribition for display and we're pulling it out of multiple locations so that's really the biggest challenge for me we can't really get into that building until probably thursday before the show starts in typical years when we don't have to deal with the gray cup move out we can get in a hair bit earlier but this isn't the case this year so we're currently actually shipping equipment down to the site so that it can be washed because this beautiful weather is making it so dirty <laughs> and we have to haul it into the city uh, and once it's all cleaned and washed we're actually going to place it the friday before before everything starts. She talks about some of the equipment that will be on display. Oh my gosh, we have so much stuff this year. We actually got a bigger booth space. So um, the highlight this year is probably the Vermeer ZR5 self-propelled baler. Uh, it's actually the hardest piece to move in because we do have to trailer it down. We are also going to have a bale processor and a baler from Vermeer. And then we've got a couple really nice feed mixers from Supreme International. And I'm also bringing some stock trailers and some aero-equipped cattle handling equipment. And there's actually a new shoot that they're launching this week. So we'll have that at the show as well. Norheim says Agribition is better now, now that everything is under one roof. They are fantastic. That addition of the International Trade Center is fabulous. You can come down and see everything and you don't have to go through the nasty storm that inevitably comes during Agribition. She says Agribition is the show where she gets to see the most cattle producers. Absolutely. Uh, Agribition has become our number one trade show. There's not many places where we can go and see the exact people that we want to deal with. We're your livestock equipment specialists and Agribition is just the perfect place for us to be. Norheim notes it's a great opportunity because she gets to talk to purebred and commercial cattle producers. Yes, we do, yeah, and it's good to be with both of them. Um, one of our suppliers is actually working with us to sponsor the commercial cattle barn, so Supreme International is the naming rights on that barn, and uh, it's been great having them there. We like to be able to support the commercial producers just as much as the purebred producers with their shows. She expects some livestock producers at Agribition will still be looking for feed. I expect there will be some interesting conversations. There always are at Agribition. Um, it almost always revolves around cattle markets and feed availability. I think that this year, although it was not a perfect year by far, after dealing with the drought of last year, people are trying really hard not to complain about it. So I think there will be a lot of good conversations overall. 
most of our customers have been very positive about being in this market. Um, it definitely has some challenges to deal with, but if farming was easy, everybody would do it. So there's a reason that some of the most resilient and smart people we know are, are in the agriculture and the cattle business. Norheim believes some lessons were learned due to last year's severe feed shortage. I think last year had a lot of lessons for everybody, whether you're prepared for it or not. Most of the people I know have never seen a drought like that in their lifetime. I, I know for myself, the last time we saw anything that dry, I was much smaller and not fully aware of the business implications of it. But I think that it seems a lot of people definitely learned more creative ways to feed after going through last year. And I think that cattle producers typically don't try and waste feed. That is never an objective on the farm, but I think that they've maybe even tightened up their belts a little bit more just to make sure that we're really using that feed supply as efficiently as possible. And that drought really forced us to get creative with uh, how we were doing that. She says she's been attending Agribition for many years now. It has been an annual event for us for a long time. Um, since we started selling the equipment as Norheim Ranching, we've actually been displaying equipment at Agribition since I think it was probably 2012. Uh, I do know that like Lee and his family have been involved with Agribition far longer than that between the cattle sales and the purebed business and uh, some other aspects of our careers. So it's definitely been a huge part of both of our lives for quite a while. Norheim says she would like to check out some of the shows and sales if she can. Uh, I try to. We, uh, we're always grateful for the immense amount of traffic we get at our booth at Agribition. Um, it's great talking to everybody. If there's enough of the guys in the booth and I can sneak away for a few minutes and see what else is there, I always try to. But it's pretty rare for me to actually catch everything at that show because there's just not quite enough time. And she offers some tips on attending Agribition. I think that if you've never been to Agribition before, wear comfortable shoes because there's a lot of walking and a lot of stuff to see. Anybody that has been there before knows full well there are so many people to catch up with. There's so many cattle to see. The shows are excellent. The trade show I anticipate is going to be back to normal and it's just huge. It's going to be a great week. One of the things that I guess I'll put some focus on for ourselves, we've got a very large booth in the Affinity Plex, and we're actually going to bring the shoeshine guy back for a few days at the end of the week, and any of the proceeds from the shoe shines at Norheim Ranching are going to go directly to STARS. So that's something new for us this year, and I think there's a lot of cowboy boots that are going to need to be shined up next week. Canadian Western Agribition starts on Monday in Regina. Please stay tuned. I'll have your commodities update coming up next. Commodities update. Canola futures are trading down across the board this afternoon. January canola trading at 829.30, down $5.80. March canola trading at 824.10, also down $5.80. December Minneapolis wheat trading at 958 and a quarter. That's up 12 and a quarter cents. December Kansas City wheat trading at 929 and a half. That's up 4 cents. December Chicago wheat trading at 792 and 3 quarters, up 1 and a quarter cents. December corn trading at 660 and 3 quarters, up 4 cents. January soybeans trading at 1436 and a half, up six and three quarters of a cent. December oats trading at 395 per bushel, down four and three quarters of a cent. And that's the commodities update.
The Prairie Oat Growers Association 25th Annual Conference will be held in Saskatoon next week. Chris Rundell from the Foam Lake area is the president of POGA and chair of Saskoats. Yeah, well, we do this event every year as an opportunity for a lot of our uh, oat producers in the Prairie Provinces, uh, as well as a lot of industry uh, representatives from the milling and processing industries in, in Western Canada and uh, from the U.S. as well to get together and uh, do some networking. We have um, We have a great lineup of speakers this year um we've got dr sean sharp uh coming in talking about some uh stimulating germination and emergence in uh wild oats uh, so some work that he's doing on that uh robin anderson speaking on the canadian oat market and expanding the market into uh within canada as well as other parts of the world and some uh, some work that we're doing on that. Uh, Murad Al-Khatib is going to be in talking about uh, expansion in the oat processing sector. Uh, and then in the evening, uh, we have a bit of an event. Uh, it is the 25th uh, anniversary, so kind of a, a retrospective of the work that Pogue has been doing and, and what's been happening over the past 25 years. He says delegates to the conference will come from all three Prairie provinces. Yeah, we normally have, uh, obviously, turnouts usually um, a little bit higher in the in the home province of wherever the producers are. But uh, we we normally will have uh, producer and industry representation from Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba, uh, as well as uh, industry guys up from the U.S. Um, and other parts of, of Canada as well, and uh, some international representation as well. So, uh, yeah, we usually have uh, really good uh, producer and industry representation as well. So it's a great time to get to uh, meet other producers and people who are involved in the industry. Rundle says it's not too late to pre-register for the event. Uh, yeah, you can pre-register uh, as well as uh, register at the door for the uh, AGM and seminars during the day, uh, including breakfast and lunch. And then there's the banquet in the evening is, is optional, and either of those you can register for at the door, uh, subject to there still being room, of course. He adds that he sees a bright future for the oat industry. Oh, I think um, oats has a great story to tell, and I think we've been seeing that uh, reflected in the number of uh, processors that are expanding their presence into the oat space. Um, oats has uh, a great nutritional profile. It's a great fit uh, for uh, what people are looking for in in uh, ready-to-eat healthy food. Um, so it's it's a it's a great fit for uh, today's consumer, and I think that uh, we're seeing a great reflection of that. And things like oat milk um, expansion and you know, gluten-free, things like that. Um, I, I think there's, I think there is a really good future for oat producers in Saskatchewan and across Western Canada. Rundle notes that oats are a major part of his crop rotation. Yeah, we've uh, been growing oats here on our farm uh, since we started farming in 2010. Uh, every year, oats has been a, a, a pretty significant part of our rotation. And as for how his crops turned out this growing season... In our area, we did uh, we did pretty good. Um, we, despite it being a uh, off to a bit of a rough start this spring, uh, later in the year things developed out really well, and we were actually really happy with uh, with the results in our cereals and oil seeds. 
Chris Rundell is the vice president of the Prairie Oat Growers Association. Their 25th annual conference will be held on Thursday, December 1st in Saskatoon. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will be back right after this. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. The CEO of OptiFarm expects the adoption of technology on livestock operations to accelerate in response to shortages of labor. David Speller explains what OptiFarm is. OptiFarm is a, a service and our aim is to connect to farms around the world with people and artificial intelligence every few minutes, day and night, keeping an eye on the animals, the farms, the people and, and driving productivity and welfare. He tells us how technologically advanced the livestock and poultry sectors are at this point. Where we stand today, we've got a real divide between the newer facilities, which are certainly becoming very technologically advanced, and then we have some legacy facilities that are not necessarily and don't necessarily need to be at that place today. And then we have a difference around the world where we see, depending on labour availability, resources, cost of infrastructure, um, you know, for example, if you have unreliable power sources, is it viable to put sensitive computers and technology into those countries? Probably not. So it's a range, but in general, they're, they're becoming quite sophisticated. Speller says new technology has been widely accepted in poultry and livestock production. So I think it has been embraced quite well. I think it started from controlling the environments and the companies that were putting computers in to control the air and the temperature and the humidity. And it's moved on now to people starting to ask questions. Well, what happens when I'm not there? Maybe we need to put a camera in. Um, so I think it's becoming well embraced for some particular challenges. He says the reliability and user friendliness of technology has improved in recent years. The reliability actually when you look at what we're asking of this technology being on swine or poultry farms or whatever, we ask a lot of it and actually some of it lasts pretty well. I've got some sensors and some control panels 15-20 years old, still pretty reliable, just calibrate them every now and then, they're very very good. So I think some reliability of some things is exceptional and almost over-engineered when they engineered it which has proven to be a very good thing. Um, I think when it comes to usability, there are some fundamental flaws in that the, the focus is on developing the technology to deliver what the technology should do, not so much about the poor person who might have to interact with it. And I think we also have to be mindful that a person who wants to own or operate a livestock farm, whether it's swine, chickens, whatever it is, has an aptitude to be emotionally attached and care for their animals. That is a different mindset to someone who loves computers and technology and cables and internet. So there is a disconnect, but that's not totally the fault of the technology companies. That's also because we're interacting with people that naturally have a desire to be emotionally attached to the animals rather than the technology. Speller says there's a number of factors that need to be considered when looking at adopting new technology. So I think the, the, the key factors start from, well, what's your problem that you want to solve? Um, is there a realistic solution that can do it? Um, but also look at, is it viable for your farm and your unit for this to happen? If you don't have any cellular connection, if you don't have any internet, there's a lot of technologies nowadays that can't operate without that. So there is some things that will restrict you and you have to accept for my facility and where I am today, there isn't the technological solution. So you need to just look at what's my problem, what's my scenario, what are my facilities like, and is there a solution that can really work within the confines and boundaries of my business? 
He speculates about the future of technology in livestock and poultry production. So for me, um, the, to summarise that is that I believe we are going to centralise some key management factors. Whether that's decision making about animal health, whether that's financial decision making, ordering feed, whatever it is, because we've got an issue in that it's very difficult to find staff that can look after the animals, order the feed, talk to the veterinarian and be doing all of that 24-7. So technology is going to give us an ability to put those skill sets in a central location, remote and then allow the farm staff to look after the animals and focus on the animals. Speller says it's easy to get more information about technology. Actually, if you search on the internet and just put into a search engine, you know, I've got this type of farm, pigs or poultry or whatever, and, and technology. Or you might not even want to put in farm because a lot of technologies you can get crossing over from elsewhere. Put in what your problem is, whatever it might be. I want to monitor temperatures. I want to monitor CO2 levels. I want to have an automated stock system. Yeah, whatever it might be. And, and see what those engines throw up. And on top of that, because of course you, you hear new things and people are networking and talking about things and talk to your existing suppliers because all of your current suppliers of hardware into your farming businesses are all on a journey themselves with technology as well. So they'll have their own solutions in their portfolio, but don't limit it to that. Get out, do some searching, talk to your colleagues, your peers and uh, yeah, attend events and see what you learn. And he has these final thoughts. I think it's great looking at what are the real problems that, that farmers have got and want to solve. And there's some really interesting challenges as we move forward around things like trust and validation of welfare for consumers, which we all have in the industry because we work in it. But we've got to find new ways to relay that to a, a new society. And that's a really interesting challenge. That's David Speller. He is the CEO of OptiFarm. It's now 1 o'clock. Time to check the GX94 precision weather forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Cloudy with a 40% chance of isolated flurries or freezing drizzle. Winds west-northwest at 15 to 25 and a high of zero. For tonight, a few clouds. Winds west-northwest at 15 to 25 a low of minus 7. For tomorrow, partly sunny. Winds west-southwest at 10 to 20, a high of minus 2. For Friday, a mix of sun and cloud. Winds west-southwest at 15 to 25, a high of plus 3. For Saturday, partly sunny, a high of 0. And Sunday, a 60% chance of late-day snow, a high of minus 4. In the Paw and Roblin, it's minus 2 degrees, Swan River minus 3, Dauphin plus 2, Brandon, Show Lake, Russell, 0. Regina, Hudson Bay, Indian Head all reporting in at minus 1, Saskatoon and Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, 0, Broadview, Mooseman, plus 1. The Yorkton-Melville region has a cloudy sky, a west-northwest wind at 17 kilometers an hour, 86% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus 2 degrees. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 7 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for GX and Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines.